Hi, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Like I said, my name is Sarah. So I'm joined here with my father, and we are going to discuss the news. But sadly, I was actually wearing a new sweater, and I spilled salsa on it. Do you see right here? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm really upset about that. Well, that'll make it special. Yeah, so if you feel like it's kind of a... I'm kind of down today. That's what it is. <laughs> and also, Halloween is coming up. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not going to trick-or-treat this year. I've never trick-or-treated. <laughs> you never allowed us to. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, been in counseling for that? It's been hard for me. Uh, I didn't feel like I ever got enough candy growing up, so now I go to the stores <laughs> and the, go way too far. <laughs> the day after Halloween? Oh yeah, the yeah, that's always a good idea to uh-huh. go for that. Yeah, if I had like had a party to go to this year or anything, I have several costumes. I'm not going to buy new ones, but mm-hmm. I would have worn my nun outfit. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of my favorites. Because <laughs> anything you do in that nun outfit is funny. Unless you're addressing Catholics, they may not find that funny. <laughs> Well, then they can confess their anger. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's see. There is a lot. uh, There's a lot to share. But uh, I did want to start off with just basically Merrick Merrick Garland. Um, He was actually one of the people that Obama wanted to have be the next Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was one that had died during Obama's term, but it was near the end of his term. So then the Senator Mitch McConnell, who was in charge of the Senate, basically just said, no, mm. we're not going to let this happen. And it was actually really nice to see because usually Mitch McConnell is pretty weak on a lot of things. So now Biden is president and this guy is the attorney general, mm. a very important role. And he uh, received, it's so weird, this memo from a school board, a school board organization of letters where they felt that parents that were coming and speaking at the school board meetings were intimidating them and scaring them. Mm. So violence and threats of violence. Yes. Yes. That's something that he kept on repeating. So, um, the attorney general is now being questioned by senators and it's been very fun to hear (laughs) him having to be questioned. But of course he's, he, he's gotten where he is for a reason. He's very tight-lipped. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's very loose with his lips with, whenever it comes to attacking parents, but mm-hmm. nevertheless. So let's listen to Ted Cruz ask him some questions. To tell a parent that they're being targeted for harassment and intimidation, I would note that the letter from the school boards cited 20 instances, 15 of which were nonviolent. The letter from the school board described them as domestic terrorism. Within days, the Department of Justice snapped to the commands of the special interests and issued a memo, a directive to the Department of Justice and a directive to the FBI. This is again where law matters. The opening sentence describes a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. Now, you spent a long time as a judge when you have three things listed. Am I correct that anyone interpreting that, reading it, would conclude that harassment and intimidation are something different than threats of violence, given that you listed each of the three out separately? Is that consistent with the canons of construction? The memorandum 
It's addressed to professional prosecutors. I asked you a question, not who it was addressed to. Senator, at least let him respond. No, not when he answers a non sequitur. If he, he wants may to respond answer. The, okay, you're taking my time now. This is not coming out of my time. Listen. When I ask a question. You've given you more time than any other senator. Mr. Chairman. Now listen. When I ask all I'm a asking question, is allow him to respond. Mr. Chairman, when I ask a question, he can answer the question, but he's proceeding to ask a total non sequitur. I asked about the canons of construction on the board. Uh, Please uh, let him respond. I'll ask the question again. Uh, the opening line of the memo specifies harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. Is it correct under the ordinary canons of construction that a legal reader would understand that harassment and intimidation mean something different from threats of violence? Is that correct? A legal reader would know Virginia versus Black, the Supreme Court definition of intimidation, and a legal reader would know 18 U.S.C. 2261A, the definition of harassment. And, and would a parent... This was not addressed to parents. But you know, parents read it. You're the oh. Attorney General of the United States. You said you can't think of anything harassing. You directed the G-Man, the FBI, to go after parents. All right, let's move on to a different topic. We've sadly seen that you are willing to use the enforcement power of the Department of Justice to target those who have political views different than you, even if it's a mom at a PTA meeting. Let's, let's try the other side. Are you willing to enforce the law fairly against people who are political allies of the president. At a Senate hearing in May, Dr. Fauci said, quote, the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That was under oath, under testimony. On October 20th, the NIH principal deputy director, in writing, directly contradicted it. Those two statements cannot be true. As you know, Section 1001 of Title 18 makes it, it makes it a federal crime to knowingly make false statements to Congress. Is the Department of Justice investigating Dr. Fauci for lying to Congress? And will you appoint a special prosecutor to do so? I'm going to say again, the memorandum that I issued is not partisan in any way. It has nothing to do with what I agree with or I don't agree with. I don't care whether the threats of violence come from the left or the right. Could you answer now the question I asked? The second question, we don't comment on criminal investigations or other investigations. If, uh, well, well, amazingly, when it's the political enemies of the administration, you comment loudly in a memo. Let me ask one other question. You're not asking, you uh, the, President Biden recently said in a national town hall, that police officers who decline to get vaccinated should be fired. Do you agree with President Biden on that? I, I think all police officers, look, I, I stood on the stage at the, uh, uh, at the um, mall um, where the 700 and some police officers who died this year were commemorated. Let me, let me try again. Do you agree with the president? It's a yes or no. You've asked questions as a judge. You know how to get a yes or no. Do you agree with the president? Yes or no? A large percentage of the law officers who died this year died from COVID-19. Do you agree with President Biden that police officers who declined to get vaccinated should be fired? Yes it, or no? And if they had been vaccinated, they wouldn't have died. So is that a yes? You do agree with the president? Police officer. In Chicago, a third of the police officers did not file their vaccination status. Do you think Chicago should fire, 
fire a third of its police officers when murder rates and crime rates are skyrocketing. This is a determination that the city of Chicago will have to make. So do you agree with the president? The president said yes. Do you agree with him? You are the chief law enforcement officer of the United States. Do you agree with Joe Biden saying fire police officers despite skyrocketing crime rates? That is a question that is a one of state law there and will have to be decided by the state. You have no view on whether we should fire Senator, your time has expired. Well, you used two minutes. No, I certainly did not. Senator Blumenthal. (laughs) Yeah, that guy, it's like my brain now hurts (laughs) because he's just like. uh, 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 uh." Well, I I think Cruz did about as good as you could. And he was, boy, he was covering so many issues. Um, You know, really, even when he switched, I. I, I didn't think it was that clear what was happening, you know, from the school board stuff to Fauci, and he, he just kept moving to different ones. And then finally there with Biden, opinion on firing, you know, with the vaccine mandate. So, yeah, that that's, boy, it's hard to hit that many different issues like that. If anyone can do it, it's Ted Cruz. That's right. Yeah, and, you know, with this questioning, it's, doesn't really make news in my mind, but it's good. It's good to ask these people to have someone like Merrick Garland know that, oh, yeah, you could do what you want, but you're going to get questioned about mm. it. And it stinks that that's the most that we could do. but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Right, and but it does shine some light for those who are willing to look. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's a lot of uh, things going on as well with uh, Facebook. Mm. Have you heard about it? Now it's called Meta. Metaverse. Yeah, Metaverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like super meta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be, it's it's like a, a, a world. So he said, right now our brand is so tightly linked with one product that it can't possibly represent everything we're doing today, let alone in the future. So that means they're going to mm. do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be like the next chapter of the internet. It's um, it's it's kind of confusing to even describe. They they're saying things. It's like you could work, you could shop, you could play, you could do, like you could do like normal life stuff, but in like a digital world. Mm. Which is like okay, is this going to mean that people like turn off their minds and go into the digital world and they don't do anything in the real life? Because if that's the case, that's kind of sad. Like artificial intelligence or something? Yeah, I don't even know what to think. Which, in a sense, we do that with, like, Facebook or Instagram. Mm. We, like, go into that world. Mm -hmm. And we think that that world matters so much. But imagine just deleting the app. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that world ends. (laughs) (laughs) You come out of the world and you enter the real world. Yeah, and it's amazing. Mm. Um, And it's much more gratifying. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's see. They are actually going to be hiring 10,000 jobs or people for jobs in europe Mm. to work on this metaverse and it's going to cost them like around 10 billion dollars is that megaverse (laughs) mega mega money but they're serious about this like it's not the ticker for the stock uh market it's not going to be fb it's going to be mvrs Mm. and Mm. it's starting december 1st wow so 
Yeah, a lot of people are saying like this is this is them just trying to get away from a bad image, you know. Mm. And I get I get what he's saying. Facebook isn't everything that they do, but it it is a like what was wrong with it being the name of the company? You know, they do have Instagram, they have WhatsApp, they have uh, their Oculus, which is virtual reality world. So, and I know they have a lot more than that as well. They have way more apps. Um, mm. So they're kind of. The example that was given in the article was like Philip Morris with cigarettes mm. and they had changed their name to Altria. Of course, I've never heard of Altria. Mm. So it shows you how well that worked out. <laughs> like, okay, we might be able to say metaverse. We might understand it, but people are always going to say Facebook mm. and that it's owned by Facebook and all that. Is this just a response to the whistleblower? Well, there were way more things than just the, what the whistle, whistleblower whistled. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah i've made that joke way too many times what, what she blew <laughs> yeah yeah she blew us away with her information that we already knew mm. uh but you know they've had the cambridge analytica that i think happened around the election time and yeah people well it's so weird they keep on saying oh well there's all these uh russian bots in mm. facebook and facebook isn't trying to stop it and they say that and it's just like i've heard that for so many years now mm okay <laughs> it's just like what why does it even matter and then one piece of information that joe rogan always shares is that i just don't even think it's like that interesting okay it is but he shared it so many times maybe i'm just bored with it 19 out of the 20 christian groups on facebook or something are controlled by russian bots mm -hmm. so the russian bots just go in there and they kind of stoke division so they'll just say something that's very controversial. So then people will go in and just like fight with each other and fight with each other mm. because that's Russia's overall plan to make us argue with each other. And, um, and that's how we're going to fall as a country. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I wonder if they know they're, they're controlled in that way. Yeah. Well, cause if somebody says something, they just kind of put a little argument out there. You can just go like, I did that one time I was eating with uh, two people and I, I was just, you know, in, in my mind, I wasn't even trying to start anything, but I was just like, well, you know, it's kind of interesting with, um, with art, you know, there's a lot of art where it's naked bodies. Mm. And I was like, should that be perceived as art or should it be perceived as pornography? Mm. Um, and then basically <laughs> I couldn't have picked two people that were more opposite in their views on this. And they just went at each other and it really became uncomfortable and uh yeah were you, we just, were you the referee uh, i would just kind of say like yeah 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 because i i see both sides to it um because there's been some art that i've seen where i was just like oh that is beautiful you know mm. and it like there's there's a i forget the one that's like on the ceilings of the building we've seen that mm. and mm -hmm. it's usually in other countries and mm -hmm. that that's beautiful the sculptures i'm usually just like okay it's a naked body you know mm. and it's it's kind of weird um, but it is weird. It's a weird thing to think about, but yeah, they, they really didn't settle that and it was really uncomfortable. Mm. So that's, sorry, <laughs> all to say that's what the Russian bots were doing. <laughs> They're stuck in division. <laughs> no, you were the Russian bot. Yeah. I, just call me a Russian bot. <laughs> I have actually thought about doing things on Facebook, like just putting out a little thing and then just seeing how people go crazy. <laughs> There's a meme where it's like, uh, this toy, like this toy plane mm. and then it's like me on facebook and there's like an explosion and then the toy plane just like goes <laughs> <laughs> just goes away basically just like you drop the bomb but then you just leave mm, right <laughs> so yeah 
Um, okay, so let's go to the next topic, the spending bill. Mm. Mm. So that is, you know, there's so much that's happening to that. Build Back Better Act. Mm. Very fun name. And yeah, it's it's very expensive. So there's a lot that's happening with it. And we have, we've said some of this stuff before, um, but, you know, it is, yeah, the White House basically rolled it out on, th- uh, you know, Thursday. Mm. So it, it it's happening. You know, and it was, it's... It hasn't been passed, right? Well, but it was rolled out, and it's $1.75 trillion instead of the 3.5. So that's what they're trying for. Yeah. Is it build back better or pay back later? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it is confusing on if it's actually happening. But Mansion and Cinema are still being mentioned. This is just like, this has actually been going on for a long time now. Mm-hmm. So, but what it looks like is uh, the additional year for the enhanced child tax credit um, and then the universal pre-K for more than 6 million three and four-year-olds, the uh, environmental tax credits. So that is up to $12,500 for um, new electric vehicles and incentives for installing solar panels. Mm. So really a huge incentive to get those things. I think the the pre-K is... That way they can start brainwashing our kids earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to hurry on that. <laughs> Why wait till kindergarten? They might have received some parental influence by then. We can't have that. You know, I know some groups of young people, and it really is just becoming more and more prevalent to see just like ideologies and uh, sexual interests that are not biblically based. Mm-hmm. And it really is happening, happening more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, it's like, I didn't deal with this. Mm-hmm. I didn't, there was, you know, there were not like a, all Christians or very even serious Christians in high school, but people had a respect mm-hmm. and it's like, that's gone. Mm-hmm. And then I remember there was like one lesbian and then one bisexual. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was like one gay guy in high school that I remember. Mm-hmm. And now it's like everybody is. Mm. I, I'm not even exaggerating. It really feels like the majority of kids are now. Wow. So, and I hope that it is just a phase. But if everybody's gay, then there's not going to be people anymore. Mm. And, you know, you're talking small town. What What's it oh, like in the big gosh. cities? Oh, gosh, yeah. Mm. I don't even want to get started on that. Mm. Yeah, um, there's also paid family and medical leave. So, uh, oh, okay, sorry. This is what, what was cut out. That was eliminated. Yes, that was eliminated. Mm-hmm. It was going to be like 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and now they were just like, they cut it. They also cut the two free years of community college. Wow. Those poor people mm. <laughs> that won't get free college. And actually have to pay for it. Wow. Oh, so weird. So weird. Um, and then uh, prescription drug price decreases. So mm. that, yeah. That, so, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that was cut. Yeah, I, I think it's good that that was cut because mm. I don't like when the government tries to mm. control Subsidize pricing. And, yeah. they, they always screw it up. Mm. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, medical, yeah, sorry, dental and vision coverage. That was cut. That was cut as well. Mm-hmm. And then the billionaire's income tax was cut. Mm, unrealized capital gains. Yeah, which that is uh, money that you make from the stock market? Well, think of it this way. 
up until now, you would only have to pay the tax when you sold the stock and pocketed the profit. And then you'd pay it on, on what you made based on the cost basis and all that. <clears throat> they, this idea, which was removed and is not going to be part of it, uh, was no, we will tax you just when the price goes up, even though you haven't yet sold it. Wow. So it's not yet realized. Wow. And anyway, very controversial because obviously if it goes up, it can come down before you sell it. So you really don't have any of the money, but you're still going to have to pay tax on it. Well, that's so ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like something they would do. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, I think, somewhat of an outcry against it, even though they were trying to put it in the category of, you know, tax the rich. Um, but, um, and I think there are some taxes on the rich that are in the, were, you know, have, have been left in the infrastructure bill. Yes. And, and you know, I've been, it has been so back and forth and I, honestly, it's just been confusing. So, mm -hmm. uh, this has not been passed. I was wrong. And <laughs> Hmm. that's that's good that it hasn't been passed that's right there it's really um kind of a balancing act you know you're trying to please these different factions if you go um if you go too far left then that alienates the moderates yeah. even amongst democrats and if you go if you don't go far enough then the progressives are unhappy and they don't want to support it dang yeah, they they have a hard job ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I hope it's so hard that they're not successful. That's, That's the goal. Amen. Yeah. Um, and then, okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah, this was a little bit of information that I thought was kind of interesting. 5%, uh, and sorry, this was a new vaccine survey done by the Kaiser Family Foundation. So 5% of unvaccinated workers uh, say they left a job because of a vaccine requirement. Mm-hmm. 5% of unvaccinated workers. So that that's quite a bit. Mm. I, I don't know mm. the actual numbers there. And then more than one-third of unvaccinated workers said that they would leave their job if their employer required a vaccine or weekly test. Mm. Mm. More than one-third of unvaccinated workers. So, yeah, and then, or a weekly test. Mm. They're right. not just saying... And then 25% of workers said their employer is requiring them to get vaccines up from 9% in June. Mm, mm. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. It, it is becoming a major issue. And, um, you know, even in areas where <clears throat> more, you know, bluer areas where vaccines are much more embraced, there is still an outcry against it and there's protests and you know unions fighting back and and then of course there's shortages of workers in some key fields <clears throat> and i think the press is trying to cover that up but it's pretty significant in a lot of fields you know it's um i don't know how southwest airlines is doing but you know when it comes down to um police and um, medical personnel, you know, it's pretty serious when you don't have enough. Yeah. And I just, I do wonder, um, if enough people will stand up to it, 
because we are seeing some people and they're like, nope, I'm not doing it. Like mm. some teachers, nurses, yeah, officers, like you're saying, mm-hmm. pilots. Um, like, will it be enough? Because, yeah, if, if we if we roll over with this one, when it's something being forced into our bodies, then it really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. What else can they do, you know? And then there was the example of Allison Williams, and she was a sports reporter for ESPN. And she did not want to get the vaccine because she's going to be having a baby soon. So she just didn't want to mess with it. And she also just really doesn't believe that it's it's their right to force that upon her. So basically they forced her out. Mm. And that was her dream job. She was so happy. She'd been doing it for like 10 years. And she still had plenty of good years in her. And so she was very upset by that. And uh, it's something that the Daily Wire keeps on doing. They They take her. And they, they keep on saying, okay, you want to cancel somebody? We'll take you. And so wow. now she's going to do sports for them. And yeah. I don't know if this is a forever deal, but uh, Babylon B, the satire um, site, they did a, a joke basically of Dave Chappelle, the comedian who he's, they're trying to cancel him on his Netflix special. Mm. And they're like, uh, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> The Dave Chappelle show will not be on daily on the Daily Wire. <laughs> like the Daily Wire takes Dave Chappelle, yeah, yeah. which would never happen. That would never happen. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really cool uh, that you know she really didn't know what her options were. Mm-hmm. She, it's hard whenever you're on a job like on TV to just say, oh, "Okay, I'll just go be a waitress." It's just a little mm-hmm. different when mm-hmm. you're when you were from TV. So it's hard to get another tv job Mm. especially where they're not going to force you to get a a vaccine that's true you know i would think that she could have waited a little while and you know who knows what what it'll be like in a year from now i don't know if some of these people will be rehired i don't know if the mandates will end you know when there's no more covid there is almost no more now and uh it's still going strong the mandates you know, it doesn't seem like it's at all dependent on numbers at this point. Whether that will ever change, you know, if we just don't have much for six months, then kind of loosen them up a little bit yeah, to hire people back, you know. But at least in the short run, there's some areas that are really getting hit hard. And it's weird as well because a lot of places need employees mm-hmm. and yet they're forcing their employees to leave the ones that don't want to get vaccinated. So it's like a double whammy there. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing too is, uh, you know, we talk about unions as organized labor. Uh, Some, in some ways, I think unions can be used in this. They can organize on this issue. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, the whole, when, when you can't organize, when you can't coordinate, you know, a large group of people that have, the same feeling, then you're at a great disadvantage. Yeah. And everybody feels like they're the only one resisting and a lot of them are going to cave in. But if they can be organized and even if the union can take their side, it can turn out a lot differently. Well, that did work for the postal service. That Mm. union Mm. got them to not even have to get the vaccine. Mm. That was one of the groups that didn't have to, which is, if you're thinking about like you know contamination or anything else, that's really the one that you'd probably be most worried about. Not mm-hmm. a not a job where someone's stuck in their office all day. That's true. So that was that was kind of weird. 
you know, I think it's almost being done with the mindset, who can we coerce effectively to get the vaccine? Yeah. It's not, they're not even thinking of who would affect the public most, uh, you know, perhaps in the medical field, there is some of that, but in general, it's, you know, where do we have leverage? Yeah. And they are, they're winning with a lot of people, mm-hmm. but yeah, we just got to keep on fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did want to finish with this story. Um, Katie Couric, and I had mentioned in a, a, a few episodes ago, Katie Couric wrote a book, a memoir, and she is a journalist. She's a very famous journalist, um, has been in the TV business forever, and it just kind of drills people down if you want to know a little bit about her. So she wrote a memoir about her career, and it has been really controversial because she was salacious in her writing. Mm-hmm. So she goes on The View, and I'm going to play some of this, but uh, they are kind of talking to her about how it is a little salacious, and just at every point. Basically, she was exposed for being the mean girl, and she's fighting that image. Mm. So she's trying to look like the nice girl again, and she's just saying, "I don't get this. I really wasn't trying to be this way. Um, you know, it's really not very competitive. Or, you know, just like mm. saying all these things." And then um, I probably I, I don't know if I'll play this part, but at the end, they're just like they kind of all band together on the fact that men are terrible and they would talk about her breast size and everything else. So she's like, I'm, I'm not a mean girl. I'm a nice girl. And then, oh, let's hate men. Let's hate men. So she's mm. very strategic. Mm. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hello. Boy, this book really has people going in circles. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Everywhere. I wrote it. I didn't think it was that provocative. And then it got very it's been provocative. Sort of distort. It's really, it really isn't if you read yeah, it. I did. It kind of yeah. is. I listened to Do you to think it. so? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I mean, to me, it's been sort of distorted, cherry-picked, twisted, and rewritten um, in a way that to me, bears very little resemblance to what I wrote. Right. Um, and it's been fascinating on a meta level for me to kind of watch this all unfold because I talk about this, how the cat, cat fight narrative is like catnip to the media. And then, sure enough, mm-hmm. this is what is spun. So I th- think, you know, some things never change. But the good news is it's getting a lot of attention <laughs> and people seem really interested and the book is doing really well and it isn't even out yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. but you know, so there's that. I don't ascribe to the all publicity is good publicity school of thought, but um, you know, it's really hard, I guess, in this very fragmented, splintered media landscape to break through. So I'm glad that people seem interested. Um, and and what's been fascinating to see people who haven't even read the book write mm-hmm. about it or comment on it which I think says a lot about our current media well, I environment. Read the book. Thank you. And actually, You're very I welcome. Think, I think everybody yeah. read yeah. the book, right? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We, Thank we, you for spending the time we reading it. We do that it. here, and I had the chance to read it because I was uh, flying to um, California and flying back. And, and, and it is provocative, and I think it's because so many people sort of know you as the girl next door, right? And right. a lot of people sort of just grew up watching you as this cheery person. And when you describe some of these things, I mean, you describe Jeff Zucker as a skinny guy who used to sort of have hair in a gray sweatshirt. And, I don't think I've ever girls used to have hair. With a, with a tuft of mousy brown hair and a gray sweatshirt and girl sneakers. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I mean it's like, you know, you, but anyway. Um, I, I think it's good to, you know, it's descriptive. It's yeah, true. You're descriptive and he was wearing and you, that. And you were truthful. Yeah, I was um, truthful. And yes, I think, I think when you're writing a memoir, 
I didn't want this to be a vanity project. Like these are the stories yeah. I covered, and aren't aren't I great? It was. I wanted it to be genuine, and and really reflect my point of view mm -hmm. and my feelings about things at any given time. It was very unvarnished, and I appreciated yeah. that. Um, one of the topics, though, that uh, we discussed was your admission that you viewed other women um, in a very male-dominated field, and we know that, um, the news business, as your competition. I think if you actually read that section, which is a paragraph, I, I basically said there were times when I felt territorial and insecure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And well, I think, I have to be honest, I think almost every woman or man mm -hmm. in these very highly competitive sure. jobs have felt that way at one time or another. And so I thought it was kind of honest for me to say there were at times that, that I was plagued by those feelings, especially when it was super male dominated. Yeah. There were mm -hmm. very few mm -hmm. positions for women at the time. Well, what do you and think men were hiring women based on criteria that had very little to do with their journalistic credentials. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this? Because um, um, you, you wrote about, in, in particular, Deborah Norville and Ashley Banfield, and they have both said that they were hurt by your words. Well, so have you been in contact with them? And, and why did you include those particular details? Well, first of all, if you read the book, I say Deborah was stunning. Mm -hmm. by Beta Kappa from the University of Georgia, mm -hmm. incredibly hardworking, thrust in a home wrecker narrative through no fault of her own. Mm -hmm. And so I, and viewers were mad about her replacing Jane and kind of rejected her because yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't her fault, that was the fault of the males in charge, really miscalculating viewer loyalty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. I, th I sent Deborah a book, and okay. I think when she reads it in its totality, she's going to see that I was highly complimentary of her. Okay. Yeah, well, K Katie, you, you mentioned this, though. You started your journalism career in 1980 completely male-dominated. Yeah. The, the field was, it somewhat remains a little bit that way still, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, you write about how quickly some of those men in the beginning years brushed you off as yeah. you came in. Could, do, you, do any of those stories kind of stick with you still to this day? Well, I, you know, I write about how the president of CNN said he never wanted to see me on the air again after my <laughs> first report. I, I, I think I tried to write about things that were very demoralizing to show that I was just persistent, that yeah. I didn't let mm -hmm. the turkeys get me down, that I really tried to, A, listen to the criticism and get better. Um, but it was definitely, I remember uh, somebody introduced me in a meeting of male executives at CNN when I was producing and said, that's not why, why Katie's successful. She's successful because of her hard work, determination, and breast size. Mm -hmm. And this is something oh, that God. you think about like from Mad Men, not in 1980. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was actually 1984, I believe. I was 26 years old. And I had the chutzpah somehow to go back to my bosses, a husband and wife anchor team, yeah. well, if you may remember Don Farmer and Chris yeah. Pearl, yeah. and I said, this just happened, and Don said, we are writing this man a memo. And I had this incredible male ally, so I wrote him and I said, it's unacceptable for you to make those kinds of comments yeah. in front of a room, a room full, full of, of my people. colleagues. Mm -hmm. But this was sort of, an, another male executive asked me when I came back to see him, I was in college and I had interned at this radio station, he said, are you on the pill? Your breasts look bigger than they oh did this God. summer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
I mean, but, but, but this was happening pretty well. Of course. Hello, Gretchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking this about. This was happening pretty but, but, routinely. But you know what? I was so proud to read those passages in your book because you stuck up for yourself. And so many women have, have been advised not to mm. and because they fear retaliation. And you didn't. You didn't face retaliation. I did, well, I might have. You know, I think I might have at CNN faced okay. some retaliation. But, you know, I think one of the things I've realized as we've uh, kind of processed the Me Too reckoning is that the onus shouldn't be on the woman to navigate the inappropriate advances of men. Yeah, exactly. So while I'm glad I did stick up for myself, women should not be put in that position. They shouldn't have right. to deal with it in the first place. Okay, I did end up playing the whole thing because mm -hmm. I, I just, I did think that it was interesting enough. Mm -hmm. You see what she did there? She's so smart. She pivoted. She, it, now at the end of it, mm -hmm. you're just like, gosh, men are the worst. Oh. Yeah. And that's all you're thinking. And, but they started it with, you, ha you wrote some salacious stuff. And, they, and she kept saying, if you read the book, and a couple of times they said, I did. I read the book. <laughs> but she kept saying, if you read the book. She literally said, I read the book on the mm. way to California mm. and back on a plane. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. And then Whoopi said that she did it with the audiobook. Mm -hmm. they, it, are you saying that they lied? Are you saying that they don't know how to read or they don't <laughs> know how to listen? I think she's assuming it was misinterpreted. And, and this is a reality. She is... A nasty person. Mm. She just is. So she writes a book. Mm. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or mm. yeah, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thank you. And that's what's in her heart. Mm. All the things she wrote, all of those things, all that nastiness. And I, I always notice people do that. It, they don't really filter stuff with their books that they write, mm -hmm. because then you hear these things where it's like, "This person wrote this. That's crazy. This person wrote this. That's crazy." And it's like, you didn't have to write that, but you chose to. It's like people can't help themselves for some reason. Mm. So she wrote all those things, and then um, basically, then people heard about it and they're like, "Oh, she's really mean. She said this and this and this and attacked this person," and so then before the book even comes out mm. normally when this stuff happens you're just talking about the book oh well there was this story and it was really I, i'm not going to tell everything because i do want you to read the book I, I hear people do these interviews all the time and but it's just it's usually a positive narrative no she's having to come out and say um it's really not a big deal it's really not controversial mm. i wasn't trying to be mean i actually did say that uh you know she's a smart person she's having to do that before the book even comes out mm. Mm. but at least she's making money <laughs> yeah she's laughing all the way to the bank oh yeah but she still wants to maintain the image of a sweet little katie couric which was always a false image anyway if anybody believes that then they, yeah i got something to sell you mm. like come on mm. no one no one should believe that but i did think it was just interesting the way she took that mm. and she steered that conversation um and then gretchen from I think it's Gretchen Carlson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's she, she, yeah. So she was on there. Mm. Uh, she's been joining the view for a little bit. So mm. she was on there. And then that's why Katie was like, I know, you know what I'm talking about? Like with the men, mm. because that she was a, you know, sexually harassed by, mm -hmm. um, the guy who was in charge of Fox at mm -hmm. the time. Ayers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Ayers. Mm. Uh, Megan Kelly was as well. A few others were. Mm -hmm. So she, she understands all that, but it was just like, 
that's not really what it was all about. The book was about you being nasty, mm. putting down other mm. women, you mm-hmm. being catty. Uh, yeah, and then like the way she described uh, the CNN owner. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that, yes, of course, you want to be descriptive, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But at least own it. You mm. were saying you did it in a mean way. Mm-hmm. Just own it. But she's like, no, I'm just being it's truthful. Truth. All truth. <laughs> yeah. and, and then that, you know, she tries to, uh, oh, I was just being honest about my insecurities. No, you're cutthroat. And you were, all the women were viewed by you as, as competition. Yep. And you wanted to cut their throats. Yeah, it's just that women have to be honest about this. There is something in us that there could be men that are dominant in a field. But if it's you and another woman, mm. all you're focused on is that other woman. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth. And we fight each other all the time. Women mm-hmm. do. And we don't even see men as a factor. So she was doing that. Mm-hmm. She didn't care about all the men. Mm-hmm. And it's not a male-dominated industry. Honestly, news has been very good about not being that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was just focused on her women competition. Mm-hmm. And she can't act like men made her do that. Mm-hmm. She chose to do that. Mm-hmm. So, And I don't think that was like a, a temporary thing with her. That was her whole career. It still is. Mm-hmm. They're si- they are sitting... She's sitting at the view where it's a whole woman show and saying mm. there is not enough women. Mm. There's tons of shows with oh. just women, so just stop. Yeah, you, know, you know, I think one thing we observed in the Me Too movement: a lot of men were taken down, mm-hmm. and many times replaced by women. Mm-hmm. And so it just grew more yeah. and more women. Yeah. So with that being the case, then quit complaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Oh wait, I'll it's probably sort say of that. a set up a straw man and. Yeah. Attack him. Yeah. Yeah. You just push on this past narrative and Mm -hmm. you act like it's still relevant Mm -hmm. today, even Mm -hmm. though it's been completely altered. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just weird. And and you can't even say the same thing on Fox. Mm -hmm. There's a show. There is not. There's not a group of only men on the show, Mm -hmm. but they have a a group of only women called Outnumbered. Mm -hmm. And it's Outnumbered because it's like the women outnumber the men. But they they seriously, they don't have an all male show. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's Shannon Bream. There's, uh, Laura Ingram, there is Dana Perino, then there's Sean Hannity, then there's Tucker Carlson. Just mm. stop it. Like, right, right. There's tons of women. Mm-hmm. I just don't even want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's go to the verse. It's going to be Matthew 10, verse 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in my synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Mm. A lot of context of persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's accurate to try to take some of those principles to apply them in our daily lives where we really don't experience what I would consider persecution, um, but at least that shrewd and innocent dichotomy. And how in the world, uh, you know, we have to be careful the way we act in that way, in the sense of, um, you know, being shrewd as to um, the way the world operates, uh, but also maintain a purity and innocence in our dealings, having our heart right before God and just that balance. Um, it seems like if we go all one direction of the 
naivete that would just wouldn't work. We wouldn't um, almost be able to continue to exist in in those sectors. Uh, but at the same time, if we went too much the other way, um, are we losing our our faith and our anchor in the Lord? Mm. Yeah, there is that balance. Yeah, and yeah, I think sometimes it could be like too much of a go with the flow, like just love people, man. Mm, mm. It's like we're not hippies. Like <laughs> we really do have to watch out. Like there's there's dark mm. things out there, and then. But if you're watchful, you're also watchful, and that helps you to discern who to invest in. Mm-hmm. So you're not investing in throwing your pearls to pigs, mm-hmm. oink oink. Um, so it, yeah, that yeah, you're right. That it, it is a balancing act. But God can help us, and I think that some of us we have tendencies toward one way or the other. So then God can help us to mm-hmm. have that uh, perfect balance there. It's kind of interesting that you juxtapose that with Katie Couric. Mm. as uh, shrewd as serpents and yeah she's shrewd as a snake (laughs) she's pretending to be innocent (laughs) as a dove (laughs) i didn't make the connection um okay but we will end the show there i hope you guys do have a good uh halloweeny and make sure that you go to walmart and get the candy after halloween because it will be discounted from what my father tells me so have a great halloween